Welcome to Older, Wiser, Wilder. As a space to explore, discover, celebrate and share the ways we recall, reclaim and reinvent ourselves. Navigate through the inevitable challenges and change. Own our fears and claim our power on this great adventure we call life. One month, one moon, one thing at a time. Our conversation will span, but is not limited to our experiences, skills and knowledge. We'll explore through the lens of yoga, meditation, astrology, design, branding, business, tarot, energy healing, meditation and intuition, mainly through our intuition. Our intention is to explore, learn, share and co-create with people who inspire us and our listeners so we may all live lives we love while we build worlds we're inspired and proud to grow into. Thank you for joining us today and every time you tune in. So today's conversation is about the full moon in Gemini and we cover things such as watching your words and the importance of your words on others. You know, I talk about this in terms of the throat chakra and it's around speaking with courage and having courage in your communication, but always being aware of how they land for others. Um, some people think of courage and communication as just spitting their truth out. And that's completely irresponsible communication. We must always be aware of how that might land for others, the impact on others. We also talk about the time that it takes for change. You know, we think that, okay, we're ending one phase of something, or we're ending a project, or we're ending a cycle, and we want to rush into the next, and how we have to give time for that creation process, and how that time, we can't dictate it. And there also comes a point where we can't do the next thing in the way that we did the previous thing, so there's a natural evolution in how we direct our energy. Then we also talk about how the changes that are occurring, the systemic changes and the changes in the way that we're working, like the impact that they will have on future generations, that, you know, the, the traditional map for and pathways for careers and for work and for life will be different for the generations coming up. And we talk about this many, many times. The importance of the breath and how everything comes back to the breath and then commitment and you know and how important it is to be like all in and whatever you're doing and then taking action taking courageous action you don't know what the outcome is going to be but taking that first step and then being able to get the feedback from the universe as to you know where do you need course correction and what's the next step taking that feedback into account. It's a fun conversation, so I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. See you on the other side. And thank you for listening. Hi. So I thought I was just going in to have a look and see in terms of topics. But really, I think the biggest topic to discuss is that we have a Gemini full moon. Mm. 
And as a consequence of that, there's lots of energy that's running around. And it's a perfect energy towards the end of the year. I just did my blog post for it yesterday. And I was thinking, because Gemini is that finite, it's like the I am and the I am. And also it's the I am and the I am. And it's the multiverse of voices in your head in many ways. Oh you know boy. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like when I was thinking about it, it's it's almost like you're having a multi-way conversation, but there's no one there but yourself. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And it's super chatty. Like, I mean, Gemini is, it can be gossipy. I have a sister who's a Gemini and my father used to always say there was no filter. Like it just went straight from there to there. And, and there's also, and of course I'm stereotyping, but there's a, often a lack of, of the sense of consequence of actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is something that's so interesting to me. You know, I'm completely not like that. I mean, I, one of my sisters-in-law is sort of like that. I think of it more in terms of the thing of like people who may, let's say, act badly in a moment, uh, act out, do something mean, make a snappy remark that, you know, is reflects more being more interested in being witty in the moment than solicitous of somebody's feelings. And then apologize like crazy later. And I'll step on people's feet sometimes. We all say things that we regret and hurt people's feelings sometimes. But I think we all know ranges of people in terms of how they handle that particular thing. And I find that fascinating. It is completely fascinating. And it's also the willingness. Because, I mean, it took, it took me a long time to learn to um, apologize. <laughs> it was not something that was easy for me yeah. at all. And I would say my Gemini, my Gemini son, sister, you know, she would, she could apologize really fast, really quick, you know, really easy. It seemed like it wasn't an issue for her. And that's exactly what you're describing. Even to this day, I mean, that doesn't really work for other people's nervous systems. Right. And that, I think, is probably the most important part. And particularly today, because we've got the moon, like smack conjunct Mars and Mars in retrograde. And Mars likes action. And even if it's in retrograde, it's a reflective discerning action. And it is the god of war. It is pure desire. It's opposite the sun, obviously, because it's the full moon. And and you've also got a trying to Saturn. And what all that means is like Saturn is patience pays, right thought, right action. You know, there's no shortcuts, which is, you know, Mars and Saturn. When a trine is great because it's like discerning action. It's get into action, but it's also watch your words. You know, and that I think is probably like we love Gemini. We love Gemini because it's got that freedom of expression and it's curious and it loves to learn and it's 
social and it's fun and it's playful and it's the gesture and it's the entertainer and it's all of those things. But it's also that thing of, okay, well, watch your words. It's interesting, just even, oh, it's interesting to me anyway, to, to delve in a little further into what you're saying in terms of like, even that statement, well, you know who I am, because implicit in that is, and you're going to forgive me. And with a sister, well, that's one relationship that's a layered, obviously. Yeah. Chances are you are you are going to forgive or, or act as if you're forgiving, I guess, in the interest of, of keeping the family peace, let's say. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, and forgiveness is another topic, but, but in that sense of like, forgive for your own sake, not the other person's sake, all of that, but that doesn't mean forget. So when, you know, that the act may have been wounding, the act may have been what you have come or eventually come to see as a pattern of behavior, which then if you don't recognize that pattern, then, then you're not really in the game as much as you should be, or not as conscious as you should be, should's a bad word, but you know what I mean? This person tends to do X in Y situation. So I don't want to be an idiot and keep putting myself in that situation. So is that not forgiving? I don't think it's not forgiving. It's not forgetting and being knowledgeable about the other person you're dealing with, even if it's a sister. I mean, it's a really interesting thing because I mean, full of love and full of kindness and has the biggest heart in the world. And what I see with this, and let's talk about this playful kind of explosive Gemini energy, which is like absolute curiosity and absolute need to, as I say, almost thought to, to putting it into the external world so, so quickly. And it's immediate. It's not philosophical learning. It's not that higher tier, that higher layer. And there's absolutely no malintent. There's no maliciousness. It's not actions. This Gemini energy is very much a kind of a mental energy. And it's a word energy. And it's so playful. I mean, you find a lot of, I think, actors and comedians can often have a strong Gemini in their charters. So there is that to it. And in terms of, I suppose to address where you're speaking about it, like when you come up against that energy, or, and this is certainly my response, because I have a lot of Gemini friends and they're all so completely different, which we are all of the chart and we're all strong in different parts and it manifests in different ways. Mm-hmm. But definitely the sister, and I say this to her, I describe her as the child who screams the loudest, gets the most attention and was directly older than me. And the way and what I see that the process of maturation or the process of evolution is, is that you become aware of your impact on others. So you become aware of your exchange of energy and what you're bringing to the energy. And you become as in Kundalini Yoga, the culture of self-sensory being. And so you're able to shift gears in terms of what's required in a particular situation. 
And that is something I think that if you're not consciously evolving, that you don't get. You just kind of go, well, that's how I am. It's not even like that's who I am. It's like, well, that's how I am because it's not who. It's certainly not a who. Mm -hmm. It's a how. It's a way of being. Mm -hmm. And and it is a carelessness in a sense with other people's energies, you know, and, and we all fuck up, I certainly, but yeah. And is it a kind of that whole thing of uh, don't ask permission, ask forgiveness? Yeah, there's a, the recklessness implicit in that. And even within that, there's a whole lot of things like, all right, did I say this thing that was potentially hurtful to that person. And maybe I knew that in there somewhere and I said it anyway. So I'm then ignoring the fact of my knowledge that that's going to hurt that person, ignoring the fact of that even split second look on their face. Of how it landed. This is really useful for to know where Gemini is in your chart and also to know where the ruler of Gemini is in your chart. And the ruler of Gemini is Mercury. Mercury is seen as the kind of the winged, and it's it's genderless, and it's the winged messenger that speaks between the realms, the realms of the soul, the realms of the dead, the realms of the living, and moves seamlessly um, between those different dimensions. And there's a real responsibility with words. There's the coming back to... Mars and that exact conjunction, what is it? The words are mightier than the sword. And particularly in the worlds that we live in, and particularly in this space of social media, where there can often be a carelessness towards how people are addressing others. They've just instituted a hate crime law in Ireland, which is, I think, super scary. I have a real issue with the fact that we need to legislate for good behavior. And how many, many people are in agreement with that. Whereas I would prefer to see time, money and energy invested in educating people to breathe. (laughs) I was just looking at my chart. I have the only thing I have in Gemini is Lilith. Oh, and Lilith is uh, Black Lilith or Lilith? I think Lilith. Yeah. Black Lilith has the moon colored in, right? Yeah. Lilith. So now what's it? So I know that Black Lilith is all about freedom and she was the one that wouldn't succumb to Adam. So really, really wanting her own sovereignty and her own choice. And that pissed him off. But you have a total stellium going on there in Scorpio. Yeah. With your. And my Mercury is in Scorpio. Your Mercury, you've got your Mars there, and that's the ruler of it. You've got your sun there, and you've also got Neptune. And Neptune is the ruler, instead of one of the outer planets, and that's of the 12th house. Neptune wants to dissolve things. I mean, it's a great place to have. I. I think my Neptune is there as well, actually. It's a generational planet. It's a great place to have it, I think, because, you know, Scorpio is about the eighth house is about shared resources. It's around the things that we don't talk about. It's, I mean, it's anything that's intimate, really. And it's around transformation and change. Yes. I think Neptune is a great, is good 
to have it there from that point of view because anything in terms of alchemy, things have to dissolve. There's a dissolution process. I had a conversation with a guy at the coffee shop this morning and we were talking about, and this is something that we haven't spoken about, is the time that it takes to change. And this is from a psychic point of view. Like everybody likes, I mean, we all like stability. And we all want, we need some excitement. So if we come back again to the seesaw, what we were talking about was this thing about being able to be absolutely present in the moment and understanding that even in the presence and in in the moment that things are changing and you're changing through your breath you're changing and of course there's lots of stuff that's happening externally that's changing and we were speaking about how both of us had gone through this process and I feel I'm coming out of this process, but this man is still in it. And we were talking about that the way that we used to do things, we can't do them that way anymore. And it's been an absolute kind of dissolution of having the, the love for things, having the desire for things and having a specific goal or a specific outcome and knowing through your skills, your gifts, your talents, your resources that you can make it happen and being so accustomed to doing that for decades and then just getting to the point where you can't you can't ziz yourself up, you can't inspire yourself. You just can't get yourself to do it in the same way anymore. Mm-hmm. And the analogy I used was it's like being in a whirlpool, you know, and I feel I've been in a whirlpool for a good decade, really, trying to work strategically and just going, all right, forget that for a moment. And then going, okay, I'll come at it from this way. And then again, being caught in the vortex. And realizing that, you know, and this is exactly what I think this full moon is about, is around your desires have to be aligned with your soul. And you have to hold the feeling of what it is that you want to manifest. You visualize it, you live it, and then you go, show me how, you know? And you will use your skills, you will use your gifts, you will use your strategic mind, you will, all of those will come into play, but it just is not going to rock up in the way that you used to do it. Mm. How's your experience with that? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I just feel like my life is so different than it used to be. And I'm just kind of having a grand old time being the paths that open in front of me. And I'm, I'm lucky. I'm very well aware of being you know, lucky enough to just be able to, to do whatever comes, but I'm, I'm definitely um, more aware of what you're talking about just on a more global level. I mean, and it just, just even thinking about my kids, kids coming up, how, what their lives are going to be like in so many ways, but just let's even just say from a, 
educational education job career sort of trajectory. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really, and I don't know if I'm just going off on a completely different tangent, but it's, there's so much around that topic because the traditional point of view of, all right, well, you gotta study hard and get the best grades you can and get into the best school and best, best, best. And that's all very nice, I guess, for a sense of achievement. But it's a hard road and it's getting harder and harder. And and why? Like if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, all of that stuff really counts if you want to have the largest arena of possibilities, whatever it is. But it doesn't count for a lot of what people want to do. I mean, getting a good education is always great, obviously, but it's also a very white perspective, you know? So there's that aspect of it. I don't know. It's pretty confusing. It's pretty overwhelming, you know, and it's interesting to talk about that in turn and, and in conjunction with the rate of change because I really feel like it's really pointed, pointedly obvious how much these giant structures need to change. And I think that was a large part of the point of the whole Black Lives Matter movement and Me Too to some extent also. And those are important movements. And it's not to say they didn't achieve anything. That's certainly not true, but they haven't achieved enough. And this is what people are talking about, like these pictures that are crumbling. But are they actually going to crumble fast enough? Fast enough for what, though? Fast enough to avert disaster? I mean, we're kind of in disaster we could be in way worse disaster. I'm well aware and hopefully it doesn't come to that. But I think there's so many things. There's there's the structures that let's say the good old white elderly males are clinging to, to with their fingernails and all of that. But it's it's more than just that. I mean, I kind of feel like these movements and like Black Lives Matter coming in just the initial few months of COVID was, it was like, oh my God, our worlds are just being upended. And it's, again, a lot happened, but we kind of, yeah, there's some lasting change. I'm not saying there's not, but there's also, I think just the sort of this human tendency and desire to sort of centrifuge back to the place of comfort, except it's a false place of comfort because it's not sustainable. (laughs) Just threw a lot out there. Yes, that is a lot. (laughs) Uh, And I do think that COVID, my favorite phrase for it was that we were sent to our rooms to consider what we were doing. Yeah. Will they 
change fast enough is an interesting concept because if we're connected to the infinite, we know that we're simply in cycles and we're simp- and we're not here to do or to be or to achieve. We're here to experience and we're here to evolve. And as I say, it doesn't matter if you're chopping, trimming the trees or if you're doing brain surgery, it's around who are you being as you're being the woodchopper and as you're being the surgeon. It's like, what's the consciousness that you're bringing to the activity that you're doing? And what's the consciousness you're bringing to each of your relationships? And there's no doubt, like there can be no argument that systemic change is necessary. And what I see is that the traditional route of success, which was to get a good education, then find yourself in a good firm and let them kind of direct where your life would go. And the model for the last 50 or 60 years has to been, you know, use other people's money, get into debt and build your assets. And I think there's parts of that are, that are completely flawed. And then there's parts of that that are useful no matter what time you're in, because we're always apprenticing to something. We're always organizing something and we're always in the space of mastery and things. And those three phases are running concurrently at all stages of our lives. Mm-hmm. And the model of good education, good firm, let them take care of you basically said, oh, well, your education is done at 21 or 22 you know, whereas now we're realizing, and you and I are absolutely perfect examples of it, that we're you're constantly learning and you're constantly educating yourself and you're constantly skilling yourself. And there is always opportunity and there's always possibility. And again, I always come back to this, is it scarcity or is it abundance? Where are you operating from? And also, what's your consciousness contract in this particular incarnation? What's your consciousness contract in this life? Mm-hmm. And how will you play out in this full moon? How will you play out Saturn, Mars, and Gemini? You know, How will you play those out? Will you get super angry because things aren't going your way or because you're being channeled in a particular structure or framework or process? Or can you continue to have the conversation between the macro and the micro. And I think that's the conversation we're constantly having. Yeah. Are you serving? And I had a moment of that myself this morning of like, are you serving the moment or are you serving the master? You know, I'm writing these books and I'm putting other things in front of the writing. And then I'm frustrated that a week is going by and I'm going, oh my God, I'm behind. And I've made a commitment to do 12 books in 18 months, basically which is inhuman (laughs) or superhuman, it's achievable. There's no doubt I have the skills. We have the skills for to do that. Mm -hmm. And sure, there's going to be learning. And and it's a very useful place to bring our egos in. So don't fail. Yeah. But it's always comes back to, again, how are you directing your energy? And where are those thoughts? How are they manifesting in your internal world first? And then in your external world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. But so then what What was the gist of the conversation with this guy in terms of the rate of change? 
Well, we were we were speaking in terms, you know, this is obviously a spiritually connected and evolved man. And I said to him, I said, well, everything comes back to the breath. And it's extraordinary, isn't it? And our conversation went from how you start, start learning metaphysics and you start learning about the breath because something's gone on in your life and you think, okay, well, I just need to solve this one thing. You know, and then, of course, the further you get into it, you realize, oh, wow, there's always going to be more to solve. As I think Yogi Bhatti used to say, as long as you're alive, you'll have problems. If you've got no problems, then you're dead. <laughs> the realization of the layers of knowing that it always comes back to the breath. It's like it, it lands intellectually. And then it, there's a point where it lands in your body. Then it lands deeper in your body. And it lands deeper in your body. And you can go back to your head at any stage. It's not a linear uh, thing. And we were talking about it in relationship to building. We were talking about it in relationship to stress. We were talking about it in relationship to actually doing, getting done what it is that you want to do and how the first step to achieving anything is committing to it, being fully in it and then being able to muster the energy in a consistent yes. and disciplined way and as I said when I had my agency I had clients that I was accountable to and I would constantly meet those deadlines but there's a point where you realize well the deadlines are you're setting them yourself number one and number two um is anyone going to die <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so the process of accomplishment is different. Like it has to come from a different part of you and motivated by something, I think, in a way that's greater than you. So, yeah, we, we both recognize that there's no resolution or there's no answer. I think if there was an end to the conversation, it was like, thank you for acknowledging my process and that's a really good Gemini thing as well to mirror the process and be able to go oh, okay okay back to the vortex right <laughs> huh. that's interesting <laughs> yeah 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 because yeah, I feel for if I bring it back to myself that I was in that and the universe is constantly giving you feedback constantly yeah. saying to you oh, yes, this is working. No, this isn't working. If you show up in this way and you show up in that way, and I say this again and again, you've got to meet the universe halfway. You know, it takes action as an indication. Okay, you want to move in this direction. Now we'll give you feedback if this is a good direction for you or if you need to go and course correct. But whereas if you spend the time in, and it's a tantric practice, if you spend the time in the feminine, even the feminine in that, space where you sit and you go okay so well what do I actually want to achieve or what do I want to accomplish why do I want to accomplish am I the person to accomplish it it's branding work it's design thinking am I solving the problem that's worth solving yeah and and then you go oh okay yeah okay I get it now mm -hmm. and and that gives you the first step in the map but because you've spent the time knowing, you know, where it is that you need to get to, um, you're so much more effective.
and it's much easier. Right. But we've all, well, I certainly have spent plenty of time where I'll be banging my head against the wall going like, this is where I want the hole to be. Right. <laughs> the door is right next to it and I'm not going through it. <laughs> right. If I, do, if I keep doing it, it'll make a difference, but it won't. <laughs> I'll surely get through this gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a very human thing for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I think that's probably what's our what's our big takeaway? What can we say to people on their on their Gemini full moon? So in terms of the, what would be useful? Yeah. Well, be conscious of your words, have your intention match your words and realize the power of your words. Yes. Yeah. And let your actions be aligned with them. Exactly. Oh, that's the walk you talk thing, isn't it? Well, basically, yeah. <laughs> but we all need a reminder once in a while, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're certainly getting that right now. So true. I think that's a good way to wrap up yeah. today. Okay. Ta-ta. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Um Yes, it's always interesting to how the conversations move from one thing to another and how we keep on coming back to this concept of the breath and the concept of, you know, being able to roll with the punches. Um, and for me, that's always about, you know, the daily practice allows you to meet life where you're at. Or allows you to <laughs> allows you to meet life how it just presents itself to you and it meets you where you're at so um if you enjoyed this conversation please leave us a review and um please share it with somebody you think who might enjoy it too and have a great day and thank you for listening i appreciate you being here <laughs>